Chris Hyde is editor at Hawke's Bay Today. Always a pleasure to chat to you. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Catherine. How are you going? Good, thank you. Well, you've had one Hawke's Bay rugby team in the headlines, but some history being created by another. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather not talk too much about the Magpies today. Um, we'll talk instead about um, Mana Kotero. Um, they're, they're an all-girls team, um, and they're taking part in the school Wakely Shield tournament in Teradale. Um, it's the first time that the Wakely Shield has had an all-girls team, um, and they won yesterday. They won 65-0. They beat the boys' Wairoa team um, very, very soundly, um, which is fantastic. Um, and so basically um, they scored 11 tries to none, um, and they they walked off saying, we set history. So they, they knew what they were doing. Um and they they went out and did it. What's been the process to get an all girls team into the side? Did some rules have to be changed? No, no, not really. It's it's always been a um, an open competition, I believe. Um, but just there hasn't ever been the um, the organisation that to try and get it. But it's always been the dream of the organiser, Bears Wakeley. Um, and he'd been waiting, he's been waiting for the last three years for it to happen. Um, and they've, they've finally got a team that they believe that could compete. And sure enough, they definitely did. Um, most of the team, they're actually designated wingers. Um, a so, team full you know, of wingers. Maybe that's something yeah, for Ian yeah. Foster. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's a, it's a different, different take to South Africa having, um, all, all forwards. forwards on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead, you've got a team of wingers. Um, just three of the squad are, experienced forwards at all most are playing out of position um but they the speedy girls they just ran around them basically what's the um, rules at, at rugby at this age they have full scrums and line outs or is it adapted game at 10 to 12 i've got no idea i i think it's full mm. um the, i i actually don't know about the the number in the scrum but i think yeah every, everything else is they're just probably a, pretty a full quick. they probably have rules that that mean it's a you know a, a quickish process but nonetheless yeah. what a great result um, and and um, any superstars so that, uh, or just every, everybody with all the wingers, they'd all be wanting a try? Yeah, I, I don't know if there was anyone that scored anything like five tries that was sort of shared around. So, um, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, they're playing again right now as we speak, actually. Um, so um, at 10.30am, they were scheduled to, to play a game that decides whether they, they make the semifinals. Um, so... Good luck to them. You wonder um, how many we'll be... of these players, um, inspired by that uh, Women's World Cup, don't you? Well, they'll all be inspired by it, but you're, you're wondering if it's bringing a new resurgence and a new interest. It often happens after World Cups, whether they're football or cricket or whatever. Girls flock into yeah. the sport. Um, I'd say these players have been playing for a while if they're, if they're getting results like that. But um, you wonder if that's another sign of um, uh, the yeah, influence absolutely. of that wonderful World Cup. Yeah, women's rugby just going from strength to strength um, in New Zealand, and, and we we hope that this is this is the the next generation, right? I mean, there's there are people watching on the sideline yesterday who played in these tournaments, but they played with as kind of the sole girl, you know, in the team, um, and, and now now there's an all girls team, so uh, good it's stuff, just fantastic. Now, yeah. the buyout process can finally begin for flood-stricken homes, just homeowners. There's still some areas of doubt, though, aren't there, for those stuck between categories two and uh, two and three, I think it is. But just explain what has 
enabled some process to get underway, Chris? Yeah, so Hastings and Napier Councils um, have now decided which properties are going to be finalised as Category 3. Category 3 is essentially the red zone, um, if you think about it in Christchurch earthquake terms. Um, So 287 properties have been finalised, you are in the red zone. And that was that was sent out to them yesterday by email. So a massive milestone or a massive, um, you know, announcement for the region and its recovery from Cyclone Gabriel, that those those homeowners have been given the news that, that they're in the red zone and that now they are eligible for a voluntary buyout, um, but also... You know they are, are now certain, or that they've now been told that their property is is definitely um, no longer safe to live on. There's an unacceptable risk to life, um, and unless they appeal to an ombudsman or anything like that, that that won't be changed now. It's final rather than provisional. Um, so it's a it's a a big time for those. Those people, you know, they're, they're the ones who were the most affected by Cyclone Gabriel. Um, they've lived it every day for the last close to eight months. Um, and there are some who will be absolutely delighted that they can get the buyout. And there'll be, there'll be some who uh, are devastated that they can never go or have been deemed that they can never go back to living on that property. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those um, really. There's no no win no win situation for anyone. You know, are some people stuck between categories though? Still waiting to find out yes. whether they can be bought out. Yeah. Where is that I, I, happening? I was, category two is there's still some movement to be had in category two, which is um, category two is essentially um, category one, but there needs to be um, investment made to make the land safer. So for like, example, like a stock bank or um, houses need to be put onto stilts or or something like that um, before that, that land can be deemed safe to, to have a house on it. Um, and so there's still a lot of negotiation to be done for those people in Category 2, um, particularly up in Wairoa, um, where the majority of well, every single... Um, category in, in Wairoa is a category two of some degree. And so therefore there, there needs to be investment in stop bank infrastructure, um, for Wairoa to be, to go back to being category one and no, no issues. Um, so there's, there's a lot, lot, a lot to do there for those people. Now, we were just talking to our Australian correspondent earlier. They've got, it's spring, for goodness sake, and they're already starting to get the warnings out about bushfires, as in real-time warnings about bushfires in some parts of the country. And with the change of weather pattern now, I know you guys have had enough of the last one, uh, which was the oh. it was those rain features and, and floods and slips. Now we're heading into a very different uh, season and a di- very different um, weather pattern for the next two or three years. What's happening with preparation for a potential big dry and, and particularly with respect to fire? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Hawke's Bay and the East Coast, it dries out in, in El Nino and we're, we've just been classified as El Nino. Um, and so what what's happening is essentially that um, they're, they're not 
they're not just going to wait for it to happen, you know. Um, so foreign emergency New Zealand, they've spent the past couple of weeks obviously raising some awareness um, about what is expected this summer. We've had a pretty rainy um, start to October and end of September, which has been good because it was really starting to look dry there um, and through the middle of September. Um, but it, it will it will dry up again quite quickly, you would think. And so the the idea that's kind of been floated around is is the idea of a specialised wildfire team um, to support firefighters on the front line. So you know you you have a kind of if you think about it in terms of the armed defenders squad for police, right? You you have a, a crack team who are trained in and how to deal with long duration wildfire jobs. Um, who can be called on to support the um, the team that are already in place and the volunteers out in those um, in those country areas of Hawke's Bay that tend to get the the biggest wildfires. Um, and so it's just a conceptual idea at this stage. They're, they're looking at how it might work um, and it's not ready to be implemented, but it, it's something that you can see why they need to look at it um, because it, as a region with climate change, wildfires are going to become a, a significant issue, um, potentially right, right this summer, you know, almost. Chris, let's finish with a quick reference to uh, what's happened with the rugby team there. And look, it is a damn shame. I, I know people have got stronger words and they're entitled to them, um, what's happened, but you're dealing with, in some cases, quite young men. They pull off an outstanding result, lifting the Ranfilly Shield, still a treasured uh, success to have, and then whatever unfolded, unfolded. And I know there's a lot, a lot of speculation about what we've seen in those images and what happened. We know there's one player who um, is facing alleged drink driving offences. Um, what sort of editorial line did you take on it? Yeah. I mean, I have very little sympathy for those involved, um, but I have a lot of sympathy for the rugby union and for the region, you know, we, we're supposed to be celebrating this fantastic thing. It was going to lift our spirits after a tough year and this has happened. Um, and so, you know, it, we, we just want to, we want to know what, what's happened um, as quickly as we can. And, and I hope that um, it serves as a, I guess a lesson for, for how, sports teams as a whole, you know, this is not, it's not just been Hawks Bay that has been bad with trophies over the years, but sports teams as a whole, how, how you behave in the aftermath of a victory, you know, um, it, it doesn't entitle you to have a massive blowout. I don't think, um, certainly not an illegal, not, not doing illegal actions and disrespectful actions, you know, um, so we feel a lot of sympathy for the, the fact that Hawks Bay is getting a terrible reputation out of this um but very little sympathy for for those involved in in the antics over the weekend i I don't think anyone's going to blame all of hawks bay um i i I often wonder though and and it'll be time for people to reflect we talk a lot about culture and sport and teams have gone through goodness some really really heavy heavy uh situations with respect to team culture and really serious allegations and that so that's let's just say that's at one extreme at the other extreme it's it comes down sometimes to the um what's the word pastoral care of as we said what can be quite young players right and i know nothing of it but it's a question to be asked you can't babysit people after they've had a win but um 
it's a it's a fair question perhaps for leadership to to have a look into who is doing that with this particular group because yeah yeah and I'll, I'll be I'll be fascinated to see the results of that investigation and 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 how it works how it works out anyway in the meantime um, let's you know. celebrate Mana Kotero making history yeah. Yeah. first all girls team <laughs> in the weekly shield tournament they had a win yesterday. And they're playing again right now. You'll have to let me know the results later, Chris. I'll let the, I'll let the, I'll let the uh, audience know. Thanks for your time, Chris Hyde. Edits at Hawks Base Day.